0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hatikva News. I am so happy to have a special guest here with me today, Rabbi Daniel Wiener. I grew up in Seattle, Washington, and he was my rabbi at the time of my bat mitzvah. Also, throughout my high school education and college years, being a part of his synagogue was truly an amazing blessing and really one of the best parts of my childhood and my adult education. He is a amazing leader, a brilliant voice, and I am so happy to invite Rabbi here with us now. Hello Rabbi.
1: Hello Hope, so good to be with you.
0: Thank you so much for joining, really a pleasure.
1: I'm uh, so proud of all the wonderful things you're doing uh, just in general, but particularly within the Jewish community and particularly now with like hey, everything going on in the world.
0: Yeah, it's been a really hard time. And so I felt my contribution to society has to be pushing out our Jewish voices to be even louder than they've ever been.
1: That's a good thing to do, particularly in this moment.
0: Yes. So how has everything been going for you and your temple over the past couple months?
1: You know, I think essentially what's been going on here, I'm sure, is something that Jews everywhere can uh, can relate to. Um, it's uh, an incredibly tough time in terms of our thoughts about our brothers and sisters in Israel and what they are enduring, and the really difficult and challenging things they need to be to do to secure their well-being and to secure their safety. Um, and I think particularly over the last number of weeks, uh, a lot of our attention here in the diaspora and in the United States uh, more specifically has been on this incredible unleashing, this rise in, in anti-Semitism that obviously was triggered by what happened on October 7th as the narrative very quickly unfortunately shifted from concern about Israel and the aftermath of the attack to a uh, indictment of Israel and more broadly, the Jewish people for what's going on in Gaza. But so much of our concern these days now is is focused on um, on what's going on in our community, helping our community internally to feel secure and confident and comfortable at a very, very difficult time, but also advocating for for Israel, but even more broadly for for the Jewish people and for the Jewish community in the wider community. I'm sure every rabbi, every every Jewish lay leader is 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 engaging in some combination of of those things currently everywhere in the country and probably around the world.
0: Yeah, it's a all hands on deck situation. And everyone is going a hundred miles an hour trying to help shift the narrative in a positive direction, trying to help save lives and acting have like really trying to push um against this narrative of white colonizers, against this uh Narrative of oppressors and trying to share the story of the Jewish people the Israelites and What our true? religious doctrine is which isn't about hate or Genocide all of these Terms and words that have been turned on to the Jewish people as of late is a very heavy burden for us to try to rewrite and explain who we really are as people, and uh, yeah, everyone's doing it.
1: No, absolutely. Listen, the thing, um, and to turn this on you a little bit, the thing that um, keeps me up at night, and I know a lot of my colleagues, is you know what's going on with with young people. I have two children who are young adults and I kind of hear from them the various things they're dealing with, both in terms of friends, people who once were thought of as friends who have kind of shown some of their true colors, uh, you know, after October 7th, and I know that's true for so many of us, (coughs) excuse me, but also, um, (coughs) dealing with stuff online. I'm, I'm really interested what you hope are, experiencing with your contemporaries, uh, both those who are Jewish and those who aren't Jewish, because I think in so many ways that's, that's of equal or if not greater concern, the future of, of, of American Jews, their identity and their connection to Israel moving forward. I'd be curious what you're struggling with and what you, what you think we as the older generation can do to be supportive and helpful to you.
0: Well, I am sure that you are being supportive and helpful to us. But yes, I will tell you a little bit about what's going on from my perspective and friends that I have talked to, um, whether they are Israeli or Jewish or Christian, who just love Israel and are voicing that they support Israel, that they support the Jewish people especially on social media, especially online, there are so many threats to unalive ourselves or our children. There are certain words you're not allowed to say on YouTube, so I have to say things kind of in a weird way, but I think you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. It is a very toxic place. To try to send out a peaceful message and to try to shine a light when there is so much darkness. And yeah, social media is a really, really tough, dark place. And so on and and then so that is from just strangers, right? That is people that you don't know. That's people just sending you hate mail. Hate mail, right? But then you also, as you mentioned, what your kids have been going through, um, us too. A lot of Jewish people who are speaking out right now are noticing that their friends are nowhere to be found. Their friends are not even sending an I love you text message or I hope you're doing okay text message. All of the sudden, all of the hundreds of friends you had, me personally as a social butterfly... Oh they are nowhere to be found now you know if i'm not throwing a fun party all of a sudden you know i as a jewish person don't exist i as an israeli person don't exist and israel now only exists as an occupier and so in turn yes i am israeli but also as a jewish woman i am now an occupier it it becomes uh if Two, three, two to three degrees of separation from Israel doesn't matter. You are still the white colonizer, suppressor, oppressing people. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot to carry on our shoulders, yet many, many of us will not wear that name tag. We are saying, no, that is not who we are. You can't label me as that. It's just not true. And instead, let me speak louder. If you can't hear me, if you can't see me, let me show my face. Let me tell people stories. And so I'm really pushing up against this awful narrative that has been thrown in our faces and doing a lot of like history and deep diving too, and really trying to show people what the truth is and what reality is there.
1: No, that that's amazing. Um, And it's, uh, you know, whether we liked it or not, as as Jews, um, you know, we are ambassadors for Israel and the Jewish people. And um, though we shouldn't have to explain ourselves or explain what anti-Semitism is or, or our connection to Israel necessarily, um, it's just a position now we're, we're put in. You, you talked about friends who, um, you know, who, who haven't stood up, and I hope there are some who have. But um, you know, what's even worse are those who are just, you know, who are putting horrific memes and and posts on on Instagram and on TikTok. Um, and oftentimes, you know, they're just passing on what someone else gave them. They're just passing on because they feel like it's trendy to be supportive of you know, this, this moment's you know victim of, of, of the month. Um, and um, so my question to you is, how much do you think that's people really knowing what they're saying and really feeling that kind of deep contempt and hatred for Israel and the Jewish people? And to what degree is it just kind of ignorant, young people passing along memes that they don't really understand what they're saying and what it means
0: so two months ago i would have told you that it was ignorance and that it was trendy but as time has unfolded over these past eight weeks we have found the amount of money being sent into our universities that they are just funneled from qatar that Qatar happens to have this way of picking university teachers and professors. There is a lot happening in our education system here in America that actually has indoctrinated our young minds into believing the narrative that Israel is the oppressor, the Palestinians are indigenous, and therefore Israel must go, and the Palestinians must have all of Israel. And we see that on Harvard, we see that on many, many, many Ivy League university campuses. And it is mind-boggling. And these are supposed to be our best institutions with the brightest minds who are going to one day lead our country, the United States of America. And it is a scary, scary time to actually be finding the truth and seeing the truth. I had a woman on here yesterday. She lives in Oakland City, California. We watched the Oakland Uh, City... uh. Meeting? Yes. Yeah, terrible. Yes. Terrible. Yes. And we then, not on, li- on live, but later the, throughout that day, I was doing more research, and there are many, many children's books that are also being used in the United States in school systems about the Palestinian narrative. And listen, whoever the Palestinians are, wherever they came from, they have now lived in Gaza, West Bank, Judea and Samaria for hundreds of years now. Yes, they deserve the right to peace. Yes, they deserve the right to self-determination. That is something I say on this podcast all the time. I am pro-Israel, but I think that the that people, regular ordinary people, deserve to live, of course. So we have Yeah, so we have this dichotomy of yes, these people should live, but the people that are Their elected government, the gangsters that took over their city, they are running and indoctrinating a system of people into the ground. And, you know, these, these women are giving birth saying, yes, my child is going to be a martyr. It is just this mass programming and brainwashing that we're seeing unfold in front of our eyes. And sadly now that programming and brainwashing has transitioned into America. And so where do we go from here? It's a huge question. I don't know how to solve the problem, but I'm on here almost every day either giving the news, talking to somebody about something that's happening, and trying to get our voices and our faces out there because also at this point, how we started this, you know, People sort of, our friends even, or whomever, they sort of forgot about us. And it's like, hey, we're still here. We're still people. We have feelings. We want to live too. We have been wanting to live for thousands and thousands of years. And here we are yet again having to fight for our right to exist.
1: Yeah, no, no, you put put that very well. And it's... uh... It's a real problem. Listen, they're, they're, the issue on college campuses, you know, goes well beyond, you know, what's uh, what's happened over the last uh, ten weeks, but or eleven, almost eleven weeks. But um, but this this issue has certainly um, brought that to the fore and revealed it to be much deeper of a problem than maybe some of us thought it was, and so um, maybe that's. <laughs> You know, it's hard to use the, the phrase silver lining, having anything to do with this situation, but maybe one of the more constructive things that might come out of this, and certainly that was on display with those three Ivy League presidents, is that there's some real ideological problems on our, on our campuses and we need, to, uh, we need to, uh, to combat that. We need to remedy that because we know from, from history that just because people are brilliant and educated doesn't mean that they are um, thoughtful uh, and are somehow immune from being gullible and swept up in, um, in ideological passions that have nothing to do with history, but have to do with, with, with hate and with, um, and with emotions. Yes.
0: Yeah. And so that sort of leaves us with What can we do as a bigger community? How can we talk to each other about this from you as a rabbi and a father? How do you suggest talking with friends or enemies or children even about what is happening? What the situation is? How do we approach this topic with people?
1: You know, that's that's the big question. I think uh, October 7th really has changed world Jewry in ways that we we're, we're just beginning to understand, and will not see completely unfold for months and, and years, probably. Certainly, what's going on in Israel domestically and in terms of how it's dealing with its enemies, that's going to change dramatically. And I think, in many ways, the American Jewish community's relationship with Israel. Um, is, is going to change and is going to be different. Um, in terms of the more immediate thing that you're talking about, um, you know, I think, again, one of the constructive quote-unquote silver linings that came out of this is this has been a very clarifying moment for American Jews to know who truly stands with you when you need them and who doesn't. Even who amongst those with whom we've stood when they've needed us and now they're MIA, Um, You know, that's an important clarifying thing and on an individual basis, knowing who our friends are and who our friends are. not I think that's been kind of helpful in the sense that um, I don't think we need to really waste our time with people who have, um, who said they were our friends or maybe not even, and who have written us off and bought into the whole stereotype. It doesn't mean we shouldn't continue to advocate and we shouldn't continue to make our voices heard and push back against propaganda and misinformation and disinformation with facts and truth and appealing to people's common sense and goodwill. We, say, we have to keep on doing that. But I think moving forward, whether individually with friends or on a communal level with, with community allies or former allies, you know, I think those people that have really proven themselves to be disloyal to us, I think we have to, in essence, write them off. Um, and not waste our time and our bandwidth and our energies and our voices and our breath with them. But those people who certainly have stood with us personally and communally, we have to double down on deepening our connection with them and making sure that we are there for them when they need us as we usually always are. Um, and I think personally with, with, with friends, we have to do the same thing, continue to reach out and thank them for, for what they've done and, and who they are. But I think there's kind of a a big chunk of folks in the middle who um, have kind of, you know, sat on the sidelines. They haven't done anything terrible, but they haven't really stood up. And I think to the degree to which we can have conversations with those folks and help them to better understand, because I think some of them are really ignorant. They just don't know how we view anti-Semitism. They don't even know sometimes that they have implicit anti-Semitic biases that they're unaware of. You know, we've talked so much in this DEI era about racist, uh, you know, unintentional implicit biases. I think the same is true of anti-Semitism. So I think, and and I think people also don't necessarily understand the relationship that American Jews have to Israel. You know, people of different descents from different countries probably say, yeah, that's the country where my great-grandfather came from. But I don't feel any special connection to that. I don't think a lot of people understand the depth of the connection that 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 American Jews have with with Israel and with the people of Israel. So I think there's a lot of education that 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 needs to happen with people who are open to it. I think um, we need to narrow down those people with whom we're making efforts and just understand that in this moment, some of those folks we're never going to get to. And I think we have to to reinforce our relationship with our communal and individual friends.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. It's like talking to a wall with some of these people. And then that is just wasting your energy. It's exerting energy where it's not being soaked in or appreciated. So definitely making sure that you're spending the time talking to the right person and giving the facts and the information and the feelings. I feel like the feelings are so important because I I think so much is like oh well let's fact check this and yeah okay let's fact check but also these are people who have been living on this land for thousands of years and there have been wars for thousands of years and it's not easy fix that's going to be fixed overnight. You know, a lot of these people here in America, especially who are out marching around on the streets and disrupting Thanksgiving Day parades and, you know, sit-ins in all of these public spaces, like, okay, yeah, you have your right to activism, but what is that actually going to do? How is that actually going to help? Because there are people's lives at stake. There are people living in these places. And we have to come from a human experience and a human understanding. And actually putting names to faces and stories to people and not just saying, oh well, you know, all of these people or all of these people have to go. Like we're not like, you know, Part of this has felt like a return to the 1920s, 1930s. My grandfather survived the Holocaust. And for us to be having this conversation now, again, about how do we talk to people about who we are? How do we talk to people about our right to exist? How do we communicate that we're human? it is a very sad reality. However, when we said never again, we meant it. And I think that there are a lot of Jews, rabbis, regular people like myself, who are just standing up and speaking out and saying, like, we're not going to be quiet this time. And, you know, to your point, there's some people who are quiet. And if they want to be quiet, they're going to have to live with themselves with that, and, and if they're out spraying symbolisms all over New York City and DC and Pittsburgh and wherever else they're spraying these symbols, they're also going to have to look back at their lives in 20 years and think, Wow, what was I doing? Why was I doing that at 19, 20 years old? How was I so misinformed? So I sort of went off on a tangent there, but if anybody is still <laughs> listening and watching, it's a great time to go to your local Holocaust museum, see what happened to the history of not only the Jewish people, but to millions of other people who are not of the Aryan race. We can't all just say this one group of people has to go on either side, on either side. But all that being said, Hamas has to go. And we don't have to get too political, Rabbi, if you don't want. But no, no. Listen,
1: that's not even political. That's just, that's just <laughs> a question about. That's just a question about. You know, if we want to live as a, as a, um, a, a civilization that wants to move forward and grow in a peaceful way, in, in the spirit of coexistence, you know, you have to get rid of the death cults and those people who want to. Who want to uh, you know who want to annihilate other people in the name of their ideology? I mean, we had to spend so much of the 20th century doing that, and um, you know, this is our 21st century. You know, whether it was fascism or Stalinism and communism in the 20th century, it's it's jihadism and that kind of you know uh, that kind of um, uh, nihilistic you know. Uh, death orientation we have to we have to combat that in this in this century
0: well just to your point there uh the i did a never again is now video and the mufti and the tyrant himself were very good friends there are many pictures of them together and um i really don't know if i'm supposed to say his name on here so i'm going to call him the tyrant the tyrant gave the Mufti an Aryan race card and then now fast-forward the IDF soldiers in Gaza are finding copies of that very disgusting book in Arabic and there are a video there's a video I posted the other day of the Houthi army in Yemen doing the you-know-what salute so
1: yeah, just it's, it's, yeah it's it's uh, you listen anti-semitism is a mutating virus that can shape shift to fit any group that uh that needs it to whatever unify it's 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 really contemptuous uh, contemptible purpose or you know can fit uh any any enemy of any people and shape it around the jewish people so yes the fact that i guess you can't mention it on youtube but the fact that that infamous book that was written by the czarist secret police can find currency and relevancy to people living in the Middle East in a completely different culture just testifies to the power of anti-Semitism.
0: Yeah. So where do we go from here? Keep We keep talking, we keep sharing yes. our faces and our voices, and we keep humanizing ourselves and, you know peace in the Middle East, maybe, maybe one day.
1: God maybe. willing, one day. But listen, I mean, that, that should only happen. But we, uh, what you're doing here, especially from, from the vantage point of your generation, hope is really, really important. And I applaud it and encourage it, and I'm so grateful for it. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy man, and I really appreciated you coming and sharing your voice and your face. Is there anything you want to say to the world?
1: No, just keep the faith and, um, you know, let's continue to fight the good fight. It's probably going to get worse before it gets better, especially as the uh, presidential campaign season unfolds here. And there's all sorts of terrible things unleashed from both the left and the right. Um, I just think we have to, as Jews, um, keep, keep our heads down in terms of focusing on what's most important, getting our message out and never shying away from uh, expressing our pride in our identity uh, and never allowing those who want to intimidate us to be successful in doing so
0: beautiful yes we will not be intimidated thank you so much again rabbi i really appreciate you and i hope to come to a service next time i'm back in seattle
1: please you're always welcome take care hope thanks
0: thank you bye-bye